Spoiler alert. I had the craziest dream last night about a girl who was turned into a swan. But her prince falls for the wrong girl and she kills herself. He promised to feature me more this season. Well, he should. You've been there long enough. And you're the most dedicated dancer in the company. Of Oscar Poker? Yes, it is episode four. And this is myself and uh, my partner and colleague, Sasha Stone of Awards Daily. Hi, Sasha. Hi, Jeff. And uh, we are just going to basically jump into uh, evaluating the, uh, the actors and actresses who are the most likely seeming contenders in uh, this year's Oscar race. And we're going to, with all due respect to Phil Contrino and BoxOffice.com, bypass talking about the box office this week because of the vaguely depressing notion of uh, Jackass 3 <laughs> being the far away, uh, you know, Blitzkrieg winner of the of the uh, of the weekend with fifty million dollars, folks, for that movie, which is fine. You know, let's not be- be- belabor or bemoan this too much, but it's you know, Jesus Christ is what I have to say about it. But anyway, <laughs> we should we should add that you know the social network still came in at number three, which is great, but of course number two went to Red. So. Right. You know, both of these movies were critic-proof, and the audience loved them and ate them up because they've been raised on this stuff. And, you know, for whatever reason, they just want to have a good time. So, Okay, well, uh, starting at the top, and we're not going to uh, indicate uh, favoritism by, by going uh, uh, non-alphabetically. I mean, if we wanted to be absolutely, uh, uh, you know, even Stephen about this, we would just take it um, um, without without indicating. But I'll just say right at the top, I, I, I subscribe to your... Uh, suspicion, your belief that uh, Colin Firth is probably, as we speak, probably the uh, the the front-running, if you will, uh, best actor uh, contender because, uh, first and foremost, because um, he almost got there last year, and that always tends to add uh, momentum or heat to a person if they almost got it the year before. They were certainly in the running, and people were thinking of them, so they come up the following year with another thing and it kind of gives you an extra thing do you concur i i absolutely agree i don't know right now it's only october but i don't know if there is any actor who can touch him it reminds me of daniel day lewis and there will be blood when he just sort of came out early took the lead and he had no challengers right so i'm thinking that will be colin firth this year he might be the only acting contender who does remain in number one right all right. Uh, there's, so I don't think there's anything really to dispute here. Uh, also, it's it's possible. I mean, we don't obviously know it's gonna uh, where where it looks as far as best picture. But sometimes people will will kind of acknowledge that maybe it's going to be, uh, you know, True Grit winning or something or the Social Network. But it, but it, but the Colin Firth thing it doesn't seem to be uh, disputed. It just doesn't seem to have a, much of an argument against him. He is awfully good in it. I I, I felt for the character. Um, I feel for anyone who's struggling with a with a malady, with a psychological, uh, uh, you know, hindrance, uh, you know, a blockage. We all have those, and I just felt it was a it was a moving, you know, performance. So anyway, right. and he himself, Colin Firth, is squeaky clean. You know, he has. Unfortunately, that's the age we're living in, where contenders do have to have sort of squeaky clean lives. Yeah, and yeah. he is, you know beyond reproach that way he's he's a great actor he's been working as a character actor for years he's got a lot of friends in hollywood Mm -hmm. he i don't think there's anyone who doesn't like colin firth right 
All right, so if I were to say myself what the uh, second uh, most uh, uh, intriguing uh, best actor contender, I would say, uh, really, I would say Jesse Eisenberg, because mm. I think he really uh, got something fascinating going. And I, but I've, I talked to uh, other actors and other people about this, how he seems to do so little with his um, face, with his, uh, you know, he doesn't do those actory things that tell you what he's really feeling deep down. There, and yet, I swear to God, you can feel those currents. And it's one of the most interesting performances, uh, bar none. I mean, I really think it's fascinating. I, I could, that's what sustained me in my second and third uh, viewings along with everything else, because I just love watching his face. So. I agree with you. I think he's he gives a brilliant performance, no doubt about it. In terms of Oscar, they usually don't, well, I'm not going to say they, but it's hard for an actor to win when they have a first great performance like that. In fact, it just adds to their body of work. He'll probably win someday for a part he didn't, he doesn't deserve it for, you know. Um, that's sort of just the way it seems to go. But he is, and he reminds me a little of Al Pacino uh, in The Godfather, where it was such a subtle performance, but it was so great, and it was unacknowledged by the Academy. Um, I, I can remember a high school friend telling me how disappointed and how, in fact, turned off he was to Al Pacino in The Godfather Part Two when it was fresh. And I'm saying, what's wrong? What do you mean? It was so He didn't do anything. He was a cold fish. Yeah. Well, some people will say that about Eisenberg, I guess. But They, uh, they it, have been, but there is nothing so memorable as the last scene of The Godfather 2 with Al Pacino. Yeah. He is cold as ice. At right. least Jesse Eisenberg has some redeeming qualities. It is true that by the end you think he is just trying to be an asshole and that underneath it he is a, a decent guy. Mm -hmm. And we know this about Mark Zuckerberg. He's a decent guy. Um, he's just a, a little prick, you know. And <laughs> Eisenberg captures that so well—the you know the smugness of being so intelligent and mm -hmm. young and powerful. Uh, he's great. I mean, he's he, just great. And he reminds you of that that line, uh, you know, in, in, from Broadcast News, which was recently announced. It's definitely coming out in January 2011. And the the uh, network chief says to Holly Hunter, "It must be so wonderful to be the smartest person in the room <laughs> and to know everything." Absolutely everything. No, she says. It's horrible. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, I know. that. It reminded me of that, too. It definitely reminded me of that scene. And, you know, smart characters who think they're the smartest ones in the room, they always get their comeuppance, you know. Um, well, the thing about being the smartest person in the room, really, is that you're not thinking that you are. There's no doubt in your mind. There's, right. You know what's going on. Just like with whenever you talk to Errol Morris... He's one of the most brilliant guys I've ever met. He doesn't have any uh, doubts about how good he is. Right. And that's why people said, oh, I don't like him. He's not modest enough. Mm -hmm. He's not self-effacing. We like people who don't particularly, you know, just bluntly say, yeah, I'm good. They don't, we don't like that. We like people who kind of let us decide if you're good or not. So. Right, because there's a certain folly that goes along with being so smart. She, Holly Hunter was very smart in broadcast news. She may have been the smartest person in the room, but boy, was she dumb about a lot of things in life. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. the same with Jesse Eisenberg. He's just clueless in a lot of ways. But yeah, he happens to be brilliant when it comes to inventing um, programs and computers, uh, computer programs. Right. Um, so I think that he... He is definitely my personal favorite or one of them. I think that giving Colin Firth any sort of heat at all for number two would be either Robert, mm -hmm. Robert Duvall for Get Low yeah. or Javier Bardem for Beautiful. And that's a long shot because I know that it's even 
him getting nominated is a long shot because of yeah. the way the film has been received. But he gives, you have to admit, it's his, probably his best performance ever, Javier Bardem. I think it's more uh, far richer and, and more soulful and sadder and uh, it's and the character is more it, it's very I, I think it's relatively easy he was certainly entertaining and engaging he was certainly a, a wow uh, in uh, No Country for Old Man but this is a far richer um, more mature um, more interesting uh, more multi-layered performance you know and, and beautiful it's, it's wonderful yeah. really you know what and it did... was a go ahead I'm sorry oh no I'm sorry I was just going to say what he did in, in No Country for Old Men was great but it was like you say it was a lot easier for him to hit that note than mm-hmm. i think it was in beautiful to hit the many notes he has to to hit and being a father and a husband and right. you know he's just there's a lot going on there a struggling um, small businessman right in a sense <laughs> <laughs> an angel an <laughs> angel a deity whatever he is but mm-hmm. um but i think the in terms of the academy i can see robert duvall um getting some sort of career recognition for get low mm-hmm. um if this was any other year if colin firth hadn't done a single man last year and if he wasn't so overdue already um I would say Robert Duvall could take it away, you know. Mm. Um, he's really good in Get Low. I was surprised at how good he was. And they love him, you know. Yeah. That, um, 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 he, but, he, you know, it's funny. Uh, this, is, this is a strange thing to say, but he's always good. He knows how to play uh, ornery, kind of, you know, gruff types so well. I, I feel as if I've seen him do it in other films. I, see, I feel as if I've, I saw him do the first a type of a character like this way back in the days of Tender Mercies, which is like almost 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he won for that, did he not? Yes, he did. Yes. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, it's like that same guy who maybe got lonely and lost his wife and went off. And, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of the same thing. It's a little bit uh, of the same thing, but, but you know, I've I've seen them do that kind of thing before where they just hand out an Oscar to somebody that they really like yeah. Um, and who is consistently doing good work and who is sort of at the end of their career like he is. Right. I right. mean, it's, it wouldn't be surprising if it happened. It would be surprising if he beat Colin Firth. Mm-hmm. I, I, so. I agree. I'm very... Now, if James Franco for... Um, 127 hours. You have him in your top five because mm-hmm. it's a real dominating tour de force. He's in every single frame, and he pretty much solo does it so, without any uh, interaction with other actors, except in the very beginning with the two women. But that's it, and yeah. so it's pretty starts pretty striking on that. And he's and he's pretty passionate, and he goes through goes through hell, and he actually gets himself through the horrible thing that we that we have to go through with him, and it's. Quite, quite a quite a ride. Quite right, intense. and helping him along is the fact that he's going to be in a strong Best Picture contender. Uh, yeah, Best yeah. Picture contender. Right. With Best Actor, it's the only category in the Oscars, really, that you can say that about. Uh, usually, it's maybe one actress from a Best Picture contender, a couple of supporting. But usually, the lead actor um, drives the nomination for Best Picture, I've found. Right. So if 127 Hours and Danny Boyle, if, if it is as strong as it seems like it is right now, mm-hmm. James Franco is just going to be taken along with it and like you say he is the movie so it's hard to imagine them forgetting him even though he's not well respected and I wouldn't be surprised if they snubbed him just because I've seen that kind of thing before where he's not an insider he's not an academy insider he's not a well quote-unquote well-respected actor yet so what does that mean 
What do you mean? He's not well respected. He's well, um, you mean have, he's disrespected on some level. Um, yeah, there's like a pretty oh. a pretty boy thing that goes along with a lot of actors, um, and it takes a while for them to break through that. But it's sort well, of wait a minute. He but he changed his life completely. He did one of those amazing things. I think every every actor could relate to, which is that he was being marketed and being put into these movies because they were mm-hmm. big movies because he could be the smoothie and the handsome hunk and all that, and he. He finally just said, the, you know, the hell of that, and he, and, he, and he turned everything around when he played a, a, a stoner in a, in a good comedy, uh, Pineapple Express. Since that point, I mean, he was lost, I thought, in those, in those Spider-Man roles. Who is he? You know, he was, he was I just thought it was, there was nothing happening with a poor guy, you know? I know, it's true, but I've seen so many actors who try that and still don't get uh, nominated, even though they're, they're really good. And, you know, look at Sam Rockwell, someone like that. I mean, they... There's just a sort of a, an insider thing that happens. Either you're in their club or you're not, you know, and I don't think he will get snubbed. I think he'll be nominated for sure. But if he is snubbed, that would be the reason, not because of his performance wasn't good enough. It's just that he's not in their club yet, you know. Um, it's a strange thing, but I've been, you know, sort of meditating on it now for a few years. And Tom mm-hmm. O'Neill has actually written uh, some stuff about it. Like they like their women to be pretty, but they don't like their boys to be too cute, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay so that's a all possibility right. i don't know okay. um right. now sean penn i thought was ma- masterful as joseph wilson i mean he's always good he never ever blows it he'll he'll be good every and i think he's um he just owns that thing completely and he's uh and thank goodness because he's the most assertive character uh far more assertive than um than i mean watts's um valerie Plain. In, we're talking about, I'm sorry, I didn't even mention the title of the film, um, um, A Fair Game, the Doug Lyman film, which is coming out fairly soon. Right. When is it coming out? Oh, I have to look it up. Um, a, week or, a week or two or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's a mid-November thing, isn't it? Yeah, um, okay. Okay, right. I think it is. I'll double-check that, though. But um, right. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think Sean Penn, and talk about someone who's in the club. I mean, two best actor wins for him. Uh, he can do no wrong with them, even though there was a time when he was too much of an asshole to get a, any acknowledgement. But he, he kept getting nominated, and he didn't win until Mystic River, when he finally did win. But um, mm. but it isn't just that he's an insider. It's that he turned, like you say, he's probably the best, or one of the best living actors. I mean, he's everything he does is he puts so much work into it. He never just phones in a performance. Right. Um, or he hasn't lately, and this one is is particularly close to his heart because he, you know, he's so political, and that would be the my only criticism of it is that it's hard to separate Sean Penn from Joe Wilson sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you're thinking at the end when he's giving these speeches, you're thinking, oh well, that's Sean Penn, you know, that's right. not Joe Wilson. So now you have Jeff Bridges in your list uh, down as a maybe. Uh, I would submit this uh, very humbly, as good as I know he's almost certainly going to be as Rooster Cogburn in True Grit, the Coen Brothers film, which is not going to come out until the, uh, mid or late December. As good as I know he'll be, I would humbly submit that I don't think uh, that there is going to be as much interest in him playing yet another barrel-chested, beer-bellied, grizzled, bearded guy, as which is the same thing he did in, um, uh, you know... Um, the, the win that he won for last year. Oh, Crazy Heart. That's okay. Crazy crazy. Heart. I wasn't sure if you were going to say Crazy Heart or something else. Cause, uh, uh, um, but he was, he was the same, you know, he was kind of 
slightly ruined and 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 you know and and, and puffy face and kind of like you know uh, uh, on a kind of a uh, kind of alcoholic or or you know old guy down swirl. So I mean he he's he's not exactly the you know in true grit the Rooster Cogburn guy. He's uh, he, he he's on the on the far side of his prime. So right, I, I'm not sure that he will be nominated either. Even though everybody seems to think it's it's yeah. a given, only because of some of the shots I've seen of him in the trailer where he's kind of looking. F- comical a little bit and i'm wondering which direction they're going to take this is it going to be a funny coen brothers movie or is it going to be dead serious like no country for old men it, mm. even that was um i can tell you that from the writing the, the script that i have read it's certainly going to be kind of like uh lightly um lightly comedic i mean there's certainly that in in there it's a little bit uh, there's there's definitely um a humorous, um, a dry, dryly humorous edge going throughout the whole thing. Right. So it's it's hard to say whether the acting, um, whether his performance or the supporting Josh Brolin and Matt Damon, if any of them will be nominated. So we don't, we just so. don't know. It's a complete blank, and it's hard to predict something you have absolutely no idea about. I have an idea. I read the script. I know, I but that doesn't. Idea. That doesn't necessarily say anything. Like, for instance, you could read the script to The Social Network and you wouldn't really have any idea how good Jesse Eisenberg would have been in that part. That's completely true. So, That's completely true. I had no clue that there was going to be a really strong performance there. So. Me either. And a good actor takes, elevates the material. You know, yeah. and So we don't know what Jeff Bridges is going right. to do. I don't think you've got uh, Mark Wahlberg, who's the lead in, uh, in David O. Russell's The Fighter. I don't think anybody knows anything so we can't really even talk about that There's right just nothing to know you've got michael douglas down as a maybe no I, I think we all know what that's about uh one he's um it, we're talking of course about uh not just his performance as gordon gecko uh the iconic gordon gecko in wall street too but also because he was pretty good and i would submit um more than pretty good at times in uh sol- yeah solitary man and that's a little film that i actually saw at toronto Oh, uh, Chris Libby uh, is uh, they're doing the PR on it. In fact, uh, they are said they send me a screener. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to watch it again. He's really good in it. It's really um it's you know, it's a kind of a con man, you know, not a guy with a kind of character issues. So it's it's really so maybe the two of them and let's just spit it out. I don't like to talk this way, but there's a there's a there's a there's a um you know, kind of a sympathy thing because he's very ill and I think uh uh people feel um you know, they want to kind of um maybe um, show their feelings for him uh, because he's been around for so long. I'm just yeah. trying to put it the nicest well, let me, way. Well, let me say this. What if he is nominated and supporting for Wall Street and wins? Okay. That's a possibility. I, I don't know if they're running him as lead or supporting. Do you? I haven't heard anything about that. But, I, you know, a Solitary Man has gone kind of quiet. I'm not really sure why. Maybe mm. it'll, it'll, you know, people will start talking about it again. But the Gordon Gecko is a much more known, beloved. And you have to admit, he's really good in the movie. Mm. Um, other than that one awful scene that he has to do at the end. But he's, he's great. I mean, he's great as mm. Gordon Gecko. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he turns around and wins it again. But we'll see, we, you know, that's a long shot, too. Right, right. Um, I think his nomination here is a long shot. Just because there are other people who are pushing to get in, and it matters. That matters a lot more, I think, than. Well, maybe you're actually that's smart. Maybe they should be pushing him for supporting or something. But it's um, it just it, I I feel a little funny about the whole thing. I just feel bad so badly uh, about uh, about a person, yeah, who's uh, um, 
concerned. Uh, there's a concern about their health, and I just wish that there was a. Uh, uh, it feels exploitive on some level, but it's but that's not true. I don't mean that, but it is. It feels that way on some. It level. It feels exploitive. Um, I have not really ever seen Oscar sympathy when someone is sick. I mean, I'd have to go back and do the research, but I don't really remember that as being a major um, motivator. May I say? Yes. There, there was a time when it was a motivator. Mm. Elizabeth Taylor, when she nearly died from a uh, from in 1959, 60. Uh, there was a, and she lost Mike Todd, her husband, mm. recently, a year or two. I think that was a factor in her uh, being nominated for, I think it was for Butterfield 8, where she played a, a woman, uh, a, pro- a high class prostitute, and she did win for that. And um, I believe that that was a, a factor. Once she had almost died on the operating table, apparently, um, to some sort of tracheotomy. Thing. I don't know what it was, but she was pretty sick. And, and also, there was the factor of her having lost. Her husband, Mike Todd, in a in a plane crash in 1958, and that um, was also a factor. So it has kicked in. Um, okay. Um, I do sense a lot of sympathy for Michael Douglas right now, um, just because he he seems to have pulled it all together here at the end. You know, not that it's the end. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's got a great marriage. He's he's right. kind of you know, atoned for his treatment of his own son right. and everything seemed to be going well and bam, here's yep. cancer, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's never a right time to get cancer. It's horrible. And the truth is that he did turn in two very, very good performances this year. So it's not just about that. Yes. Um, it's, uh, I was watching uh, Wall Street 2 recently a second time and he he really is... Um, you know, I just don't know that the film is quite good enough to really uh, launch him. But it's the, uh, it's he's good. He knows what he's doing. He's he handles it well. He he acts it well. I, I liked. I loved. There's one scene that really sails, and that's the one with Carrie Mulligan mm. uh, on the steps of the uh, Metrop- Metropolitan Museum when he talks uh, about his wanting desperately to to have another chance to be a, a mensch with her. Yes, absolutely. And you know, that's an Oscar scene. I, you yeah. know, I hate to say it, but it really is. And the truth is, he was being thought about for a solitary man before the news of his cancer even broke. So right. it's not right. like it's just suddenly people are thinking about it. I think right. he has a better chance of getting nominated for Wall Street, too. I mean, if Stanley Tucci could get nominated last year for The Lovely Bones, then surely mm. Michael Douglas can get, you know. Wall yep. Street, too, wasn't that badly reviewed, so. No, no, it wasn't. It just was, you know, wasn't ecstatically reviewed. Right, right. Yeah. Well, okay, so Michael Douglas, and what do you think about Ryan Gosling for Blue Valentine? Um, he is, uh, um, I found him bothersome, uh, but he's, um, you know, I finally, <laughs> I finally figured out what he's doing. <laughs> Sorry. When, when I met uh, and, and listened to uh, the director, yeah, uh, uh, Ryan, uh, I mean, um, um, Derek. Derek C. in France, mm-hmm. he is imitating the act, the director. He's imitating C in France, not just in terms of his hairline, where he does the, the shaved head thing, where he has a, a balding head uh, look that he for mm-hmm. in the, in the you know the older or the you know, part of the film. He's also doing his voice. This mm-hmm. is how Derek C in France talks. It's fascinating. And so once I realized, oh, that's what he's doing because he has this kind of uh, the way of speaking that's not his own natural thing. And and so something happened when I realized that's what he was doing, and now I think he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> really. 
Okay, I thought he was he was great in the part because I was surprised that at some point I forgot I was even watching Ryan Gosling. You know, especially when he he starts to try to look a little older and less attractive. Uh-huh. I didn't think he could pull that off, honestly. Yeah. Um, but he does. He he really gives it his all. And talk about someone who is in that. He seems to be following Sean Penn's footsteps uh, to be the next, you know, great, versatile, celebrated actor. That's yep. the main reason I think he's going to be in. But I'm wondering about the NC-17 rating and how that will affect anything in terms of Oscar nominations. It's not, you know, it hardly ever happens that an NC-17 even is nominated for an Oscar. So I have to look and, and do some research on that, but I'm fairly sure that they're, most of the NC-17s aren't nominated either for Best Picture or any of the actors. So And you're saying that mainstream Academy people, people that vote for nominations, uh, take seriously the reservations of the prudes on the CARA ratings board yes. for the MPAA. They feel that those people are onto something and that somehow they're reflective of you know, whatever popular sentiment or something. So I don't know. I don't know if that's the reason, but I think that NC-17 movies get pigeonholed into being a certain type of uh, illicit, sort of titillating film, as opposed to a great drama. What about Midnight Cowboy? That would have been an NC-17 by our standards today. That was called an X back in mm. its day. Which was well, things things were very different in the 70s. Look at The Exorcist. I mean, The Exorcist is a movie that a wouldn't even be made today would be protested by, you know, a huge amount of people in the middle of America would protest that film even being released. And there is no way that would get an R rating today. Uh, probably not. So, I mean, things have changed, and maybe it's time for the Academy to step up and, you know, and stare down the MPAA. Right, I don't know right. if they will with this one. I think it's great publicity for the for the movie. I think it'll make more money this way, but I think it's just a big question mark now in terms of the Oscars, so... Let's jump into Best Actresses, if we okay. could. Um, uh, you have a, an excellent uh, top four choices, which I completely concur with. Uh, the top being uh, Natalie Portman uh, for the uh, her performance as a um, um, of an insecure and anxiety-ridden uh, ballet dancer in Darren Aronofsky's brilliant uh, Black Swan, and that you you have her at the top, and I, I totally concur. Right below. Uh, you have uh, Annette Benning, uh, who has been in the uh, conversation uh, prominently since uh, The Kids Are All Right came out last summer. I don't think anybody disputes that. And then you have um, Leslie Manville, who is wonderful and touching, and, and it's one of the best Mike Lee performances I've ever seen in Absolutely. another year. You know, And then, of course, the, the, newer, the newbie, the young and radiant and, and very much talked about, and Jennifer Lawrence, who, who um, pretty much carries um, uh, Winter's Bone all on her own. So you, those are per- excellent. I don't dispute that for a second. So you're right. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence, in particular, I think, was to me the most surprising. I had never really seen Leslie Manville do anything that good either. Annette Benning is always good. Natalie Portman is always good. And um, But Jennifer Lawrence, to me, that was sort of out of nowhere, this performance. And it is so good. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she worked so hard on it, according to the director. Um, she actually was on set helping the actors. Uh, she was reading off camera. She was helping out with the authenticity of mm-hmm. uh, the way they sound. She right. just, she went above and beyond what actually actresses normally do so oh by the way uh speaking of best actress contenders now you have mentioned uh, in your 
you know, question mark list, uh, Anne Hathaway. And mm. I should mention that it's, uh, I presume that this is happening over there, but the very first Love and Other um, Drug screening is happening here on Wednesday. Oh, okay. Are, are you heard about it? It must be doing something. No, like- I, I actually haven't heard that any screenings are happening, but I'm, I'm heartened to hear that because I was a little worried about why they weren't showing it to people. You know, yeah. it, it obviously was ready because certain people have seen it, but I, I just, people mm. kept saying, oh, it's going to be an Oscar movie. And I said, well, why aren't they showing it? So, well, no, I, I, for as one who's been posting articles about it uh, based upon people who have seen it, including one guy I know and definitely trust, um, it's never been said that the movie is an Oscar thing. Mm. Uh, it's always been said that she is looking like a Best Actress contender. Mm. Uh, they've also said that the movie is very uh, engaging, and I, they thought it was a really good, uh, you know, it, it, I hate the term romantic comedy. It's been so denigrated, but that's what they say. You know, it's an excellent romantic comedy. Uh, so uh, that's, I've never heard that this is a great movie. I've heard that she's good. Well, yeah, it can. She can get there if it's a romantic comedy that has something very serious at stake, like Helen Hunt in As Good as It Gets. Because otherwise, who's going to care um, if she's just some dumb girl? But apparently, she's got Parkinson's, and it's about yep. pharmaceutical yep. drugs. And right. so, can I ask you this? It's a spoiler, but does she die at the end? Oh, you haven't seen it. <laughs> Sorry, never mind. Just scratch that. Uh, um, I don't know what happens at the end, um, but. Um... That would help, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. I tell you something: the combination of getting naked, having sex, and dying—it's irresistible to voters. <laughs> you got a point. I, you know, you're not wrong. So. so if yeah, so if that's the case, then. Um, but let me just ask you about the. So if we have Natalie Portman, Annette Bening, Leslie Manville, Jennifer Lawrence as potential locks. I mean, the only one that I can see but wiggling out of that is Leslie Manville, if they put her in supporting, right? Um, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe you're right. Okay. Okay. All so right. then we have Natalie Portman, Annette Bening, and Jennifer Lawrence that are immovable. Yeah. So, so now we can only let two more in. So which two? Is it going to be um, Naomi Watts, Michelle Williams, Julianne Moore, Gwyneth Paltrow? No. Hillary Swank? Maybe. Nicole okay. Kidman? Okay. Well, I'll tell you right now that I've do not believe, uh, as good as Naomi Watts is, as Valerie Plame in Fair Game, that it's a fully satisfying character. Not mm. the performance. The character is not fully satisfying because, as uh, well, as it's, 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 it's well known that she was very, very reluctant. And it is that case in the film. Once the, the S, uh, the, the merit hits the fan, mm. and, and she and her husband, Joseph Wilson, played by Sean Penn, are being attacked by the Bush White House, particularly by, by the, the right wing talking uh, heads, and mm-hmm. you know, for, being, for her being an uh, insubstantial person and perhaps a little on the corrupted side and just kind of a glorified secretary and all the things that they say about her. Right. She won't get in and fight, whereas uh, Sean Penn's character, uh, Joseph Wilson, does fight right away. He knows what the game is. He goes on the talk shows. He go, he, you know, gives him jab for jab. And she sits there and kind of goes into this gopher hole right. and saying, I don't like this. I'm being violated. I won't do this ugly game that's happening. But And he, and he keeps you – know, I'm sitting there. It's like my teeth clench. Will you wake up? You mm. have no choice. You've got to do something. You can't just – you know, hide in your house, you know, so that's, well, that's the problem there. The other problem I had with it, and this is maybe irrational, I just want to say before I say this that I loved the movie and I thought she was brilliant in it and so was Sean Penn, but I'll just say as a side note, mm-hmm. um, her treatment of her children isn't, isn't um, 
very admirable, I didn't think, in the film. And I think that might be a tiny, tiny bit off-putting to people. You know, she's nice to them and everything, but she's sort of like, you know, oh, get out of my way. I'm so stressed out, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can't really be that way if kids are on camera. Because they, you know, your sympathy is always going to be with the kid. So I thought they showed one too many scenes of that. But I liked that it was true, because that really is how it is when you're a parent. But um, I'm not sure that that's going to make them like her. You know what I mean? So that might be a problem. Well, you know, um, I can um, hear some parents uh, taking exception to what I'm about to say, which is about when I was, <laughs> uh, when they were five or four or six or seven, I would always talk to them as if they were 30. Mm. You know, never address them as kids, never marginalize them, always listen to what's going on and talk to them as if I would talk to somebody, some 30 year old at a bar mm. or a beer or something. And I would tell them what's going on with me. I mean, you know, there's this, there's this girl that I like, or this, you know, I don't have enough money to pay the bills or whatever. And you're not supposed to, oh, you're supposed to keep kids uh, shrouded in a sense of security, make them mm. feel always everything is fine. I think that's the biggest load of horseshit in the world. As long as you, as long as you, you know, you don't want to traumatize children. But I think to keep them in a, in a fantasy bubble is the worst possible thing you can do to a child. Um, I, I mean, I agree with you, but I also know that you're so funny, Jeff, because you don't realize the kind of bombshells you drop when you talk. It's like, every, you know, sometimes you'll say stuff that, you know, seems perfectly reasonable in, in the context of the conversation, but take it out of that. And it seems like, you know, so... And the bombshell is <laughs> that I talked about no, the, your, Let's say it's your readers on your site. They would say, you mean, you'd, you know, oh, yeah, raising a child is just like, say, you know, sitting down in a bar and having beer with them or saying being, I really like this girl no I agree with you I'm just telling you it, it makes me laugh a little bit that it's that well, you are you are such a controversial character <laughs> there's nothing that enraged me more as a kid than to be, have the uh, my grandparents or my un uncle kind of bowed you know kind of crouched down and talked to me like I was just a kid and I didn't get it. I, I wanted to hear everything but I hated being talked to like a kid. So I said, when I grow up, I am not going to do that to my children. Yeah, and I think that in Fair Game, it might have been okay for them to, you know, show the kids how they were really reacting to the situation. Kids aren't stupid. I mean, even young kids know something's up, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just, it, it might be just sort of an insignificant point. but Precisely. Kids know when something's up. But you, well, what you're saying is, and I think you've made an excellent point, that they should have had a conversation between her and the kids. They're, the kids are just running around making noise, and they're right. like, okay, well, I love you kids, bye, you know, go off to school. And that's all that happens, and yeah. I completely agree with you. It would have been interesting to have a straight talk between them, and, and the hell of the conservatives out there who think that you're supposed to keep kids in a fantasy bubble and not talk to them. Right. You know, my, my ex would never, has never, to this day, talked about any financial matters with my, my two sons. Hmm. You won't discuss it. They cannot, they're, they're not going to hear what's going on, whether it's wonderful or whether it's okay or whether it's kind of a difficult time. They well, just, I mean, you could not tell them if you want, but they read the writing on the wall. They know what's going on. Kids hear everything. Sure. Um, but, you know, if, as, as Valerie claims, she would have had three you know, major conflicts in her life, her marriage, her job, and her kids. And so mm -hmm. the kids, to me, are, are the least dealt with. Um, 
aspect of her character and that's a big deal if you're talking about a woman who's a working woman who leaves her kids home a lot I mean we, we sort of saw it with Sean Penn how he you know he had to take care of the kids a lot he had to pick up the slack and that was definitely strong but it, it wouldn't have been so awful if she had had to sit down and tell them what was happening because you know they go outside they see the people around they know that there's some weird thing happening and they're suddenly public figures you know exactly so anyway, um, okay, so we're not sure about Naomi Watts. What about Michelle Williams? Uh, I would say this, also a character issue. Now, here's the thing. Um, it shows, uh, um, um, Blue Valentine shows a mm. couple in two stages of their life. When they first meet and they're falling in love and they're very young and, and uh, you know, things are just starting. And then the second phase is, I guess, maybe six or seven years later and, um, or four or five years later. And she has decided to uh, marry um, Ryan Gosling's character because he's a person who uh, really cares and he's very supportive of her and he stands with her during a tough um, moment of like, you know, pregnancy, should I get an abortion or not? And I don't think that the young girl that they have is his child, correct? It's the other guy? Right. So she has decided because he is emotionally supportive to, to marry a guy, Ryan Gosling, who is um, an admitted and uh, you know no no bones about it dropped out of high school, and is not exactly uh, imbued with ambition to do great things. He doesn't dream about being a musician, for instance, or he right. doesn't have a dream of being an architect, or he wants to be a, a community organizer. You know nothing. He's mm. just you know works a job so he can come home and love his children, play with his and, and love his wife and have right. a nice life. So what happens? They get on in life and she says to him do you have you know you've got a lot in you you've got potential in you and I, I don't know what she's talking about he, he's, he's a nice guy's guy but he doesn't have any potential you know not that we see anyway well right? women women always think that about their boyfriends they always see that when you fall in love with someone you imagine them at their best you know you oh. you see what they could be if they did a b c or d you know all right. Well, listen, Ryan's, uh, Derek Sandbrandt's made a decision not to show us any of those potential things other than the fact that he plays a really nice ukulele and he has a nice sense of rhythm when he sings. Mm. That's cool. I like that. Uh, he's very charming in that. But the, really, and, and so she basically, the, the, the marriage goes in a, in a, it gets into big trouble in the second half because he is just a guy who likes to have a beer at 8 15 in the morning, just go home, uh, go go to work, and then come back and just, you know, l live his life. And I don't have that much sympathy for a woman who can't see the writing on the wall before she gets married. I just don't mm. see the, the point. You know? Well, so. I think she feels really guilty about that, and that's what keeps her in that marriage for so long. Um, I, and I thought that the movie played that really well, that kind of internal guilt she had, her selfish decision to have a you know father for her baby you know and I was just saying I've been there I know I could relate to her character because I know what it's like to be a single mother pregnant in the hospital um, and about to have a baby you have no idea what the future holds you're terrified and here comes this reassuring guy who's going to take care of everything well she's just a teenager she's practically a kid herself Michelle Williams and she needs this father figure um, unfortunately, she's evolving a lot faster than he is, and um, by the time all the direct need wears off, and she's working, and she's she sees that she can manage alone, she yeah. doesn't need him anymore, and so suddenly he becomes um, obsolete, and that's when the movie starts to break down, and that's really sad, and you feel mm -hmm. every scene, but the one thing he is consistently is a good father to that kid. That's right. Um, so that's He's a major... Urgent. 
a major motivator for women, for sure. And I, I, you know, I like to think of myself as that kind of dad myself when I was with a kid. I was always, um, I, I, I loved um, being the dad, the dad to the little kids. That was mm. a great period of my life. Um, anyway, I related to that. So. Yeah. Now, the, now to move on to Julianne Moore as a possible uh, uh, best actress uh, uh, contender. Uh, this is the Scott Feinberg argument that you can't cut out Julianne Moore from The Kids Are All Right and and focus on Annette Bening because arguably he makes the case, and I, he, I'm, he's not wrong. She's just as strong a character, just as um, it just has just as many good scenes as Annette Bening, and I think that. Uh, those who have seen the kids are all right, and this is certainly no. There, there's the one good scene that everybody remembers, which is the, when she has gone upstairs during a dinner party with Julianne Moore and Mark Ruffalo downstairs, and she finds evidence that they have been having an affair. Hmm. I forget what it is, but some some incontrovertible evidence. And she goes downstairs, and she can see all this turbulence going on inside of her. And I think there's something on the soundtrack that suggests there's some sort of unreality she's feeling, but she's really going through kind of some kind of inner convulsions. And that's the, the scene that kind of grabs you because I guess everybody re- remembers or knows what it's like to feel betrayed. And- right. I think that Julianne Moore has been nominated many times and she's definitely overdue, but I think Annette Bening is more overdue and I think that she has the more likable character. Right. Um, and that's going to – the problem with this movie is you you can't really expect both of them to get nominated. So you have to pick one and stand behind it or else you're not going to get either of them nominated. So I think that's the thinking behind Annette Benning and um, – Feinberg has, has argued that it has happened in the past. Well, we should say Scott Feinberg is a Oscar blogger who writes for scottfeinberg.com. Right. And, uh, and he had communicate Jeff – on Jeff's site, Hollywood Elsewhere, there is a conversation between the two of them talking about this very topic. So mm-hmm. just, just a little background for people who might not know what we're talking about. But um, right. uh, yes, he said it ha- has happened before. And, and it's true, but you can't always go by history. You have to think how many of these – we already have four spots taken. There's really yeah. only one spot. Right. And if we say two spots because Leslie Manville is out, we have Natalie Portman, Jennifer Lawrence, Annette mm. Benning. Then does that mean that Nicole Kidman's not getting in for Rabbit Hole or Anne Hathaway's not getting in for Love and Other Drugs and Gwyneth Paltrow, who's going the blindside route, is she out, you know? So I don't know. I, um... I got to tell you, this is there's something I'm having. Talk about out of body experiences, turbulence <laughs> inside. What's happening? A sense of unreality. I don't know what we're talking about when we're talking about Gwyneth Paltrow. What's wrong with me? Well, Gwyneth Paltrow is in a movie called Country Strong, and it's a. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> you heard it. You sorry. heard it here first. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I just let me give you a little bit of background on Country Strong. <laughs> you're you're ahead of me. I'm glad you're okay. Talking. Country Strong is a, you know, is crazy heart for, for a woman. Gwyneth Paltrow plays a country western singer who is an alcoholic and burnt out and is about to be taken over by a younger singer, Leighton Meester, who plays the young up-and-coming, you know, Colin Farrell part, basically. And um, Gwyneth sings in it. She just released a video where she's singing Country Strong. And, um, you know... 
they're, have you they're, seen this? No, I, I've seen the trailer for it, and I've seen her video. But what I notice about it very strongly, and the reason I'm not writing it off, like a lot of people are, is that... Why are people writing it off? Because... I, I'm not really sure because it's like the blind side. It's it's being aimed at middle America. It's not being aimed at the blogosphere. It's mm-hmm. not being aimed at critics or, you know, this sort of Oscar crowd. It's They're taking it to a whole different level, which is what they did with the blind side. So I'm watching it for that reason. You know, I mean, it might it might come out and she's hurt. The reviews are terrible. Didn't seem to hurt the blind side, though. Well, there were. Did you think that there were terrible reviews greeting the the blind side? I didn't think it was terrible. No, but I thought the reviews weren't good enough that it would get a Best Picture nomination. You know, I was really surprised by that. I pretty much figured that sh- that Kath, um, that Sa- mm. Sandra Bullock was going to win. Um, yeah. I, I knew that early on just because it was her time oh. and she made so much money. But um, Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, she's already won Best Actress, but it is an quote unquote Oscar performance so it has right. to be paid attention to a little bit you know let me just say I, I, I've started to refine all this as you were speaking about Gwyneth Paltrow I don't know what that is but I and I think you're probably right about Julianne Moore I think they're just going to go with Annette Benning because she's more she's, she has the reputation again Feinberg has very clear arguments to say that she's Julianne Moore has been dissed and ignored and overlooked or lost as many times as Annette Benning. in fact more, a little more than she but but the uh, anyway, I don't think that Hillary Swank has a prayer mm. of uh, not a prayer, not a wisp of a chance uh, to uh, to be even considered because the movie just isn't good enough. And we're speaking, of course, about conviction. I th- I think it's a uh, you know there are some that uh, are, are are favorably um, disposed towards it. Um, did you like that film? I thought it was not even uh, good. The the reason that I think that it has a, a little, she has a little bit of a stronger chances because she has such a strong publicity team behind her. Um, I know I keep saying that, but you really can't... You can't go back. Why do people even want to think about nominating her with two Oscars? Doesn't she have two? She has two, yeah. So isn't that kind of funny that it happened? That, I mean, it happened, it's fine. She's wonderful in both those films. But don't you think it's a little funny that, that people would even be thinking about giving her a third? She's not Catherine Hepburn. You know? <laughs> well, she um, she isn't. But a lot of actresses, Meryl Streep and, you know, Catherine Hepburn, they are nominated, you know, repeatedly. I don't know. I mean, I think the competition is a little too stiff this year for her to get in. I wouldn't yeah. think that she does. She's sort of in the lower tier. Right. Um, but did you see Rabbit Hole? Have you seen it? I certainly did at Toronto, and I uh, would concur that uh, Nicole Kidman is is very um, uh, affecting. It's a it's a it's a she's on it. She understands the character. She doesn't waver. She doesn't do uh, what's the way to say it? You know, when you kind of are playing to the audience, you're trying to get them on your side. I feel that she's just totally immersed in this in this um, you know this kind of um, atmosphere. Um, certainly an atmosphere of, of grief. It's about grief recovery. Um, she and uh, Aaron Eckhart are parents of a, of a child who's been lost due to a car accident. Mm. And uh, she's the more feeling, the more open. She's the more, 
you know, she's kind of dealing with it more than he is. You know, like guys, they tend to kind of bury their feelings and they, you know, do strange things like think about having affairs or not, if, you know. So she's definitely, but, the, the, you know, the thing is, it's just about grief recovery and the steps that you take to get out of it. But it's, it's, it's awfully good within the realm that it lives. Uh, I don't know that it's a great film, but it's, it's a, certainly a very good one. So, Is it, uh, is it like... Um, uh, a member of the, you know, that, what was that movie with Jennifer Jason Lee, the wedding movie? Um, you know, Rachel getting no, Rachel, not, Rachel. not Rachel getting married, but that other one that Nicole Kidman was in. Yeah, uh, Margot with the wedding. Is Margot it like, with the wedding. Is it right. like that at all? No, because that was that was a little bit of a social satire um, um, thing from um, the uh, uh, from Noah Baumbach, and mm-hmm. uh, that was. Um, it was a different vibe. This is this is pretty straight ahead, it, it, but it's so well uh, realized. You just believe um, that everything you, you're seeing. There's a, there, it doesn't feel like there's anything extraneous or uh, this is. Um, these are people who are really. You, you just have to ask yourself how in- intriguing is it uh, to to take a journey with people who are trying to find their way out of grief and and to start having a life again. Hmm. And uh, and how about. Not, it's not fascinating, but it's it's very good. How about how about um, Aaron Eckhart and um, Diane Weist? Are they award worthy? Do you think? I mean, nomination worthy? I just don't think that it's the. F- I'm, uh, I don't think so. No, I don't. I just you know, it's just a, it's a very good film, but I don't think it's a, a, a exceptional film. I don't think it's phenomenal. But it, it is, you know, it's kind of a surprise uh, that uh, John Cameron Mitchell uh, did this. I thought, I, I come to think of him as, as primarily a kind of a, you know, <clears throat> a colorful kind of gay director. And, uh, you know, this is like, um, you know, very kind of straight-laced. It's kind of ordinary people-like, but mm-hmm. but, but without the, the highs. It doesn't have the, the, the breakthroughs. But it is kind of ordinary people-like. It's That's the closest analogy I can think of. Well, it sounds like it's a coin toss with that one as well. Um, yeah. We don't really have any any um, yeah. any locks. So let's talk a little bit about Anne Hathaway and Love and Other Drugs because we haven't really gone there yet. We talked a little bit about it earlier, but um, I think it's an interesting topic. She's um, a uh, based again uh, upon what people have said. It's a very affecting performance because uh, as um, <laughs> wait, we did talk about did this. Did we? You said. You said <laughs> That you know, uh, Parkinson's plus dying at the end is is is, is, is guaranteed. You know? That's right. Okay, so forget it. Forget that Anne Hathaway. I'll just I'll just cut that out. Um, and if she, and if she does, even if she doesn't die, she's supposed to be very, uh, you know, very fiery and very intense. And you know, it's it's going to be a known thing pretty soon. Uh, so, um, and I, I would think that they would um, risk. Uh, uh, getting some people uh, irritated if they don't show it concurrently to you, you guys uh, at the same time. So my uh, only my only problem with it is uh, that it's Ed Zwick, and I don't mean to be horrible and mean about it. It's just that he is often a promising. I can't tell you how many times I've been led down the path of an, a supposed Ed Zwick movie, like um, the the Last Samurai and um, the you know the one about the Holocaust. Um, Oh God, the title's escaping me, of course, because I'm so lame. What no, is- it's not a Holocaust movie. It's a it's a Polish resistance movie. But it's uh, World uh, War Two and it's Nazis it's and yes, yes. But it's but it's about resistance in defiance. The Pol- defiance. God. 
Yeah. Right. So, and Defiance, you know, everybody thought that was so great and all these people were going to get nominated for it and nothing. So that's my only worry. Of course, he's not doing a, a period epic. He's doing some kind of a, a much more modern story. And look, I'm looking here at, at, the, at our list and I'm looking at Anne Hathaway. Yeah. And I think yeah. her, the competition is not that stiff between Naomi Watts, Julianne Moore, mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow, Hilary Swank, Nicole Kidman. Right. And then there is Michelle Williams and Blue <laughs> Valentine. So She's also got uh, Anne Hathaway, I think, has the recent memory of having been so, um, so, so fierce and fascinating in her eroticism in Rachel getting married. That's uh, a I great point, yeah. So you're right. She is definitely in the, she's in the club now, as they say. But, and she's, yeah. you know, she is somebody that is probably going to win an Oscar within the next 10 years, I would think. So, yeah. she, you know, it's a really high chance that she gets nominated unless the film's terrible. It's going to have to really suck. Didn't you write something about your friend seeing it and saying it wasn't an Oscar contender? That's right. His name is Bill McCuddy. He's uh, formerly of Fox News. He's a Forbes.com uh, uh, video columnist, and, I, and he also does. He's a stand-up comedian also. Mm. Uh, I've seen him at Caroline's. And he uh, said, uh, he dismissed it. He said, it's, uh, she's good, uh, but the movie's uh, yeah, not that great, he felt. Well, I said... Yeah, I certainly think that she could be moved up up the list higher, and and maybe maybe it's Natalie Portman, Annette Bening, Leslie Manville, Jennifer Lawrence, and Anne Hathaway. Maybe, maybe and maybe. Uh, but um, again, uh, but if Le- Leslie Manville, and that might be the smart move on their part to to put her in the supporting, um, uh, you certainly get away with it, even though she's arguably the lead. Uh, female figure in that thing but she's not the center of it uh, the center of it is played by the um, uh, the wonderful British actress who plays the, um, the, the, uh, the uh, yeah Ruth Sheen Ruth, Ruth Sheen yeah. so <clears throat> you know um, right so, and ahead. if it's if it's Ruth Sheen and Leslie Manville in the same category that automatically weakens uh, either of them for winning they won't do that they won't be that dumb. So if they're going to put Leslie Manville in Best Supporting, she has a real strong chance of being that person. Seems to me. Mm, I so. think so. Um, do you do you want to do do you want to um, like wrap it up now, or do you want to go into supporting at all? Yeah, let's just quickly go through. Um, you jump in at any time, but I I believe that between if Leslie Manville gets put into the Best Supporting category, that that it has to be. Um, it really seems like um, I I mean I'm just had this feeling about Rosamund. Pike being a very strong uh, contender in that realm because she's so good in a, in a kind of a quiet, uh, dignified uh, way in Barney's version, which is a real problem for a movie as far as I'm concerned. But oh. she's awfully good in it. Now, do you like that film, right? No, I... Uh- no, I'm sorry yeah. that I haven't seen all these movies, but no, I and I, I'm curious to hear more about Barney's version. But um, mm-hmm. so is Rosamund Pike in Maiden Dagenham? Yes, she is. She has a relatively uh, small part, uh, where she's got a very large part in Barney's version, but you could still call it a supporting thing. Uh, the Maiden Dagamum is basically three scenes, possibly four scenes, mm-hmm. but there's only and it's really just one scene that she has with Sally Hawkins that's uh, that makes the impression and and I was uh, there was a party that we went to afterwards and they said so what do you think of Sally Hawkins 
in the film, and I thought that she's very good. She's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good film, but she's, she's very strong in it. But I'll tell you the real, the real impression, the real person that popped through is, is Rosamund Pike, and they go, oh yeah, well she's going to be. That's the we're using. She's on Barney's version. That's the, so anyway. Oh, I see. Okay, so they're trying to get her in for Barney's version and not for yeah. um, Maiden Dagenham. I think that's a smart right. choice because Miranda mm-hmm. Richardson's going to get in for Maiden Dagenham. Um, but the I don't. One- I, I would argue that. It's not great for her. Really? I think it's okay. She's, it's too on the nose. You know, she gets to speechify and make, and she gets to be the good woman who stands up for these women. She's in power, you know, and she stands up and does the right thing, uh, solidarity thing for these women who are striking. And, and, you know, it's, it's a nice role. And she gets to spit back at some of the stuffy, uh, patronizing men that she deals with on her level. Yeah. But it's not, it's not a great thing. It's just a good thing. I think she. I think she's got a better chance because she's so well known and well liked. Um, we okay. should say that we forgot to include Sally Hawkins in our list when we were talking about best actress contenders, and she should definitely be on there. I mean, if we're talking about Hillary Swank and Gwyneth Paltrow, we should be talking about Sally Hawkins. No, I don't agree. I, I really don't agree. She's uh, she's just good in a in a pretty good film. She's mm. not. Uh, you know, the the one that was really strong that you can't couldn't deny was when she played uh, um, uh, the 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 eccentric uh, you know happy in happy go lucky now mm. that was that was really a Sally Hawkins um, uh, you know landmark performance you couldn't push that away but this is not as good it just isn't uh, well then they're just gonna have to really love the movie if it's nominated for best picture she might get in okay so I have here are three names for you Sissy Spacek Get Low Marion Cotillard Inception and Jackie Weaver Animal Kingdom what do you think about those three I think absolutely Jackie Weaver. I think she shouldn't, there shouldn't even be any discussion about if she gets in. She's definitely one of the burning, uh, piercing uh, performances in that, in that realm. Uh, she's really something. I mean, she's, she's a monster and she's kind of malevolent, and, but she's, fa- she's fascinating. I, think I was that, so yeah. chilled to the bone by that performance. I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever been that chilled since, I mean, ugh, sorry, that sounds so, hey, let me re-say that. Um, I, you know, was chilled to the bone by her performance. It reminded me of um, Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> you yep. know, because she she comes out so charming, and you don't really see how how evil she is until the end of the movie. Right. So I thought she was brilliant, but you know, she's not known here is one of the problems. She's not really a star. They're going to have to do a lot of publicity for her. Yep, she's going to have to show up at a lot of parties and do the whole thing. But she is it. I, I, I how many people. In that in that uh, culture of seeing Animal Kingdom, they should have, but I I don't know that they have. Um, you know. Well, I know she's well known in Australia. She's well respected there as right. an actress. So, it's one of the strongest performances of the year of any kind. You know, male, female, anything. So I I really hope she gets some attention too. Right. Um, so what about we already Sissy talked? Spacek. Sissy Spacek and Get Low is probably in. Yeah, because uh, she's a of the uh, she's a boomer, and everybody you know has known her for years, and she's warm and reassuring and and real in in Get Low. Mm-hmm. She's uh, she's re- you know she's re- she's angry. She's accepting of Robert Duvall's character, his old coot character, and then she realizes that there's all this ugly stuff between he, him and her sister, and uh, you know so there's a forgiveness thing. Um, I would say she's uh, a little fringy. I, I, I would say it's not really that she's she's reacting to what's happening, rather than being a person who makes decisions and causes things, or you know has a, has a you know contributes to the to a story evolving. I think she's more of a reactor. 
so I don't know about that. Yeah, but, and, and uh, the thing about her, she didn't get a lot of really good notices early on. Um, uh, but I was surprised by that because when I saw it, I thought she was very good. But uh, uh, like when she was in the in the bedroom, there she had a lot of you know really great reviews about her work. But here it just seems like it's more focused on Robert Duvall and Bill Murray than it is on right. Sissy Spacek. Even though yeah. I think she's, I think if they see the movie, they will nominate her because <clears throat> it's it's right up their alley. You know, I don't usually say that, but this movie does seem to be. It deals with mortality. Um, and it's, it's soft. It's soft on her part, though. It's nice and it's agreeable. And she's a very likable and good actress always, but it's soft. That's a little, you, you, yeah. As soon as you said um, in the bedroom, that was magnificent. That was her performance, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, okay, so what about, do we think Marianne Cotillard has any chance for Inception at all? I don't, I don't no. think so. It's not on that level. You know, she's, um, you know, uh, it's hard to feel something for someone who jumps off window because she doesn't realize she's not dreaming i just thought that was kind of funny yeah and, and it's a little bit of a, a slight i'm you know slight performance in the movie it doesn't but to me it was a powerhouse when i first saw it but as the year wears on you know you just say does it does it still resonate with you i don't know if it still mm-hmm. does but i think it does i don't know if it's strong enough to beat the other people involved like barbara hershey for black swan or yeah. um melissa leo is supposed to be great in the fighter although we have no frame of reference for that except assumption and then Haley Stanfield for um True Grit yeah. another one possibly so yeah that that would be um, a little easy niche uh, thing because uh, the spunky younger girl who kind of you know although if we're talking spunky younger girls we really really I mean I I guess this is just a lost cause but I think that um you know uh, um, 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 Chloe Moretz in in um you know let me in. I thought she, she's so great in that. I mean, it's like uh, it's one of the most affecting performances and because the people who buy tickets just have completely blown that thing off. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, we as uh, arbiters or observers of, of, of talent and people who uh, try and you know put our hearts and souls in what we think is the best, we're supposed to ignore the film because people that buy tickets ignored it. And I don't right. agree with that. I don't agree with but that But it's at also, all. you know how you and I talked about the horror genre and how the it's yeah. not really often recognized um, as legitimate by the Academy. So it already had an uphill climb from that. But the right. fact that the it bombed so spectacularly um, yeah. at the box offices also hurts it. So I, I'd say she's out pretty much. Um, and also uh, there is one... Um, <clears throat> Quasi horror performance already in the mix, which is uh, Natalie Portman. Although I, do, I would say it's not at all a horror performance; mm-hmm. it's a repulsion-like performance. That's the analogy. It's like Catherine Deneuve in Repulsion, which is um, you know anybody that knows their movies has seen that film. They think that's one of the best things she ever did. No yeah, so. well, sure, but it, that's a, a. If we're talking about winners, it's a tough sell. Um, if she's not likable, unfortunately, that's just the way it works. Uh, yeah. If you know, look at. Um, um, Ellen Burstyn in yeah. Requiem for a Dream. What a great performance that was! It ended yeah. up going to Julia Roberts for um, Aaron Brockovich. So I yeah. think heroic characters are t- gonna are always tough to beat. And mm. Um, mm. so I think that Natalie Portman has you know is going to run into some problems with that. And then also the kind of graphic, semi-graphic right. sex scenes are also going to work against her. She doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't die at the end. <laughs> or, <laughs> Wait, well, are we talking about who again? Natalie Portman. 
Um, oh, versus... It's, it's argued that she does, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, see, Some I haven't seen it. Some people are under so. that impression that she does. Oh. Uh, in fact, uh, he was... Um, um, Aronofsky was asked... Um, about this, and he concurs, so uh, she she does. Oh well, okay. So major That's spoiler. Another spoiler. Another spoiler. So <laughs> <laughs> we have to I'll probably take that out. I don't want to get yeah. people so mad. They so many people are looking forward to that movie. That um, <clears throat> so um, you know, the best actress race right now is wide open for a winner. Yeah. There isn't any front runner. Um, it's people are saying it's Annette Benning, and it could very well be Annette Benning. This might finally be her year. She has no major challenger, so except I think for Natalie does. Portman. Yeah, Natalie Portman's a huge challenger. She's I think. The, yeah, she's the one challenger, but because the part is off-putting, it might throw it in Benning's favor. Finally, you know. Why is it off-putting? Again, I ask you. There's not anything off-putting about a woman who's very, very upset about who uh, might take her place, about whether she's good enough to sustain her her uh, having the lead in, in, in Swan Lake. I have uh, to just say <laughs> that I'm, you know, I'm going off of what I've heard, heard from Ann Thompson, people like that, because I haven't actually seen it, so I can't say for sure if she's off-putting, but that's what I've heard. They, said, that, they said that from the get-go, and I understand that, but why would that be? Is Are, are women going to be saying, I don't, we don't want to see uh, a portrait of a woman who's really under a lot of stress and is uh, has talent and strength, but she is quite un, uh, insecure and she's uh, beset by insecurities. And so there, it's, you say, oh, well, that's not a sufficiently, uh, um, you know, positive uh, performance or not, not, the character is not um, uh, assertive and, and heroic, whatever, you know, and so she's, but that's, that's so lame to like saying we mm. only want positive uh, characters who have, who take charge and do something about their problems. and Right, you know, but you know, that's, that's it. That's the Oscars for you. You know, they don't, uh, it may be the Spirit Awards or um, possibly the SAG, you know, they tend to be a little, the Golden Globes, they tend to be a little more daring with who they, they nominate and win. But we're talking about a vote over 5,000 people. And so usually you get a, a common denominator vote of who Ugh. they quote unquote liked the best. I mean, Sandra you know, Bullock in The Blind Side did not in any way give the best performance of last year. It's a joke. But uh, she was so likable as that character, she couldn't be denied, you know. Yeah. I, I watch it now, I've seen it a couple of times, and she yeah. is really likable. You just yeah. admire her, you appreciate what she's done, and so she gets your vote, you know. Hey, speaking just really quickly, um, there's no chance you feel of anybody paying any attention to uh, a really superb performance by Tilda Swinton in a oh. not uh, in I Am Love. I thought she was wonderful in that. That's I have, that yeah, I have the screener for that. I've got to put it in and watch it because I've, mm. you know, I have to hear what all the fuss is about. But yeah, she could sneak in there for sure. Um, mm. Mm. From what all I've right, heard. Quick, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's all. I was just going to say from what I've heard, you know, so far. And we didn't even mention uh, Diane Lane because that's kind of dismissed now, right? Because that's Yeah, just... unfortunately. I have to eat a little bit of humble pie on that. <laughs> All right. I have I've to never... eat some crow. I didn't no. I was wrong. I thought it would do better mm. and I thought it would have legs and I thought it would yeah. take the box office. Um mm. it didn't. Jackass three D took the box office with yeah. fifty million dollars, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> we can only chuckle. That or or I've just go into the bathroom and just throw up because I can't stand the idea of what that means. But um, I, what are you going to do? You know, so. What are you going to do? Well, um, Social Network hung in there at number three. It's still got really strong word of mouth. It's going to do very well at the box office. So, you know, there's a little bit of 
a little bit of bad, a little bit of good. And yeah. like you said, it's, Jackass 3D is a fun movie, and people are yeah. into fun. So why wouldn't they go sure. see it? You know, why not? Best supporting actor. Briefly, there's okay. two uh, significant, strong supporting performances in the Social Network. I would imagine that would be um, probably Justin Timberlake, or there could just as easily be Andrew Garfield as um, uh, as Eduardo Saverin and, and Justin Timberlake plays uh, Sean Parker. They're both superb. I think they're both great. Do you think either of them has a, any... Uh, I think they're both great. I think if there weren't you know, any better performances out there, they'd both be nominated. I hope they both are. I just don't see the Academy liking uh, those, those guys enough to put them in. But I... Uh. So what I'm looking at is... Jeffrey Rush is in for sure for the King's Speech. He's probably going to win. Yeah. <clears throat> Mark Ruffalo for Kids Are All Right. And then yep. you have, I think Andrew Garfield deserves it for The Social Network, if anybody does. I think he has his best chance. And then there's Ed Harris for The Way Back. Jim Broadbent, maybe, for another year. Um, yeah. Then there's the sort of the more iffy ones, Christian Bale for the fighter. He's supposed to be no, great. Wait a minute. He's, 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 why is he iffy? If I, I can just tell from that trailer. He's playing a, a guy who has uh, either brain damage or some kind of real amount. Chad? Oh, but he oh, looks sorry. like a guy who's... Um, can you say that right? again? It cut out a little bit. Just say he that. Looks, it appears that to me, as if Christian Bale's performance, he's playing the younger brother or the, the, the brother of mm-hmm. Mark... Mark Wahlberg, and he seems to have issues. He seems to have problems. I haven't seen the film. I've only seen the trailer, but you can tell right away that he's playing a, uh, a guy who's got, you know, I don't know what it is. He's got, a, um, you know, brain damage or something, but you can tell from just the performance that that's going to be one of those performances that stands out because of the, um, he's, he's playing a twitchy character. So. Right. Well, Christian Bale has been turning himself inside out, gaining weight, losing weight, um, turning in one excellent performance after another. Yeah. Um, he's completely ignored by the Academy time and time again. He's never, ever been nominated for an Oscar, if you can believe that. I mean, it's oh. crazy. But, you know, so when I look at Christian Bale, I think, okay, another great performance that they're going to ignore. But, you know, there's always the tiny chance that he does finally get in, you know. And why didn't you mention in your brief sum up just now? Uh, why didn't you mention Bill Murray? Why do you feel that he's because he's not political and he doesn't come out here and he's he's right because he's wonderful in Get Low. He plays he, he plays is I, perfectly. I think. And right. I should I should have put him in there. And I that was a mistake on my part. But um, the reason I don't always think of him immediately was because I think he's good in the movie. I don't think it's exceptional work on his part and I think that if there's anyone that is better that they'll take his place if there isn't anyone that is better then he he gets a spot for sure I like him I would like to see him nominated I think he's got a little bit of a a PR problem like Christian Bale does a little bit of a he's you know he's kind of a prick a little bit you know maybe Mm -hmm. but um but if they love get low they're going to nominate Sissy Spacek Bill Murray and Robert Duvall you know He's got that great line too. Um, uh, is it me, or can he be really articulate when he wants to be? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know that's a, that's something you, you remember that line. That was really yeah. good. You know. Yeah, and I, I appreciate your mentioning him because it is easy to just forget people when you're talking about this. Um, I was just wondering what you thought about maybe um, Sam Rockwell for Conviction, uh, Aaron Eckhart, Jeremy Renner for The Town. Um, uh, I, I don't think that Sam Rockwell uh, does uh, um, 
he has to, what he his shtick is to play kind of uh, loopy, crazy guys who kind of like uh, have uh, they're kind of cockeyed, and they and they just do uh, uh, they have this kind of mannerist thing that mm-hmm. uh, that he's uh, it's kind of his shtick, and I don't think that Tony Goldwyn when he directed. <clears throat> conviction uh, was inclined anyway to let Sam Rockwell uh, 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 keep him reined in. He said, "Go for it, Sam. Do your usual loopy, weird guy thing." And I don't think that's really that spectacular. I, I've seen him do that. I'll see him. He'll be doing the same thing. He did the same type of thing. In uh, you know, my favorite uh, Sam Rockwell performance was hmm. in um, in a behanding in Spokane on stage with Chris Walken. Oh wow. <laughs> First time I thought, gee, this is really enjoyable. I've liked him better than this than any film I've seen, including Moon, you name it. This is right. uh, so he's a he's a he's a very cool guy. But I just liked him better in that context than I did in, in that film. So. Yeah, he's a little bit of an outsider. Um, I, it's strange, but I've heard that he gives one of those performances that is so is more of a lead. And whenever that happens, usually they get kind of stuffed into the supporting category anyway, uh, yeah. just because they should be a lead. And again, I think Fox Searchlight, you know, is a force to be reckoned with. And I think that they, they can move mountains usually. So I wouldn't underestimate conviction anyway because of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you, I don't know. It's just, it's not, you know. Because I, I, it's not always about the movie and the performance. We know that. It's about all these other things. It's about how much they like the star, how hard the publicity team works, you know, what kind of bloggers advocate. I mean, there's so much, so many things that go into the mix. Um, it's never just about the voter voting. Half it, the time, it? the Academy members don't even bother to watch the movies. They just go with the buzz, and they just put down names because they haven't taken the time to sit there and look at them. So they say, okay. I mean, that's what they think happened with Gangs of New York. You know, it got all those nominations because the publicity, you know, the, the Miramax was selling it so well that um, mm-hmm. they assumed it was an Oscar movie. And then, as Janet Maslin said in the New York Times, and then they actually sat down and watched the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, may I say that a conviction is not uh, a very uh, widely admired film. It did. Uh, it, it, if you want to go by the standards of high school quizzes, it got a failing grade of sixty-one percent in Rotten Tomatoes. I would think that's that's generous. As okay, far but as... Uh, here's a, here's a shocker for you. I looked it up on Metacritic, and Conviction has yeah. a fifty-nine, and The Blind Side had a fifty-three. So, oh, well, for what it's worth, I thought that that film. In its modest little way, was was much better than I expected, and I was never uh, felt negatively towards that. I said, you know, it knows what it's doing. That director, yeah, uh, uh, um, John Lee Hancock, uh, he really knows how to do it. I just thought his work on the PG thirteen, or was it even PG, the the rookie, was right. one of the one of the best family films, one of the best. Uh, he really is good. The only thing that didn't quite work for him was the Alamo, maybe because it was just too big or something. But it right. Was, uh, yeah. Well, I thought this was for what they were aiming for. They succeeded very well. Um, I, you know, I, I appreciated the movie. I thought it was more of a TV movie than yeah. a, than an actual feature film. But um, I appreciated what they were trying to do. I did find it a little offensive personally, yeah. but um, you know, the Academy ate it up. It was one of those movies that just pleased them. And I was thinking Conviction was like that, but I guess it's not, huh? I do not believe that movie has it at all. I mm. think it's just thrown in there because it's, it has a, you know, you can feel. Uh, listen, uh, the screening I saw it with was with a lot of people um, who were just uh, at the screening. And they did, to be completely candid and fair about it, they did applaud when things started to go her way in, the, in Act 3. And so they were there with it, you know. And I, I'm not saying that people not, not find it likable. I do not find it to be 
anything. It's you know, can't you just call a movie good enough? And I enjoyed it. And just let it go. I don't see what has to be in it. <laughs> well, listen, good enough yeah. is just about you know that's right, right in line with the Oscars. It just has to be good enough. Yeah. Um, so what do we think about Jeremy Renner for the town? Do you think the town has any shot at all, or is it just dead in the water? Well, I was sitting at the <clears throat> Cosmic Diner on Eighth Avenue and Fifty First around there the other day mm. and this guy who uh, works for Con Ed came in he was talking about how his friend had seen it and uh, was raving about it mm. and I was saying well, listen man you know I, I, I I'm you know uh, I you know I, I it's got some good things but I don't know what your friend's talking about he's raving about it it's just not you know it's it's uh, it's not a believable film uh, you know I mean um, uh, well I, so I don't know I, I, and, and and why would you want to center why 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 single out Jeremy Renner because he's playing a rather malicious and, uh, uh, you know, Charlestown thug who's got, yeah. uh, what's so great about it? I mean, he's, he's great. He's great. But, but more than the fact that I think he's great, which I do, is that he's, he's riding the Jeremy Renner groove right now. He's, you know, ever since Hurt Locker. So he has a good chance because he was nominated last year. Plus he's, he's, I'll tell you something. Okay. You're an Oscar voter. You're sitting down with all these screeners in front of you. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, I swear to God, this is the case, that they reach for the um, big studio, sat- audience-satisfying movie before they reach for the one that they know is going to, you know, haunt, yeah. torment them and haunt their soul and that's difficult to sit through. They're going to mm-hmm. reach for the town before they reach for Blue Valentine. Well, maybe not Blue Valentine because they know it has sex in it, but mm-hmm. um, so the town mm-hmm. over something like Rabbit Hole, for instance, you know. You're probably right. And I think that that gives it a tiny bit of an edge. The other mm-hmm. weird thing about it is that, like I, that Con Ed guy, I keep getting people nagging me about the town. It mm-hmm. just is nonstop with readers. They're writing in about the town. They loved it. It's not publicity people. It's just fans of the movie. So I don't think that can can be discounted either. You know. It's a very strange thing. Uh, I, I can't go over it again with you. Uh, you you're sick. Of it. <laughs> I just don't believe it. You know. It's just. It's just a. Uh, good for Ben, though. He does uh, handle himself pretty well. I thought that that it was rather silly that he thought that his character could actually get away, get out of um, Fenway Park with all those guys around, and he, you know, he actually gets away. I mean, I didn't think that was realistic. I didn't either. I didn't believe that part of it for a second. I just was enjoying it for being a popcorn movie at that point because I thought, oh, this is funny, this is entertaining, but there is no way that would have gone down like if that. If you don't believe that he could get out of Fenway Park, that makes it not a very good popcorn movie. The whole point of a good popcorn movie, if I don't, if you don't mind my saying, is that you, you can half believe it. You know, you can half go with it. It doesn't have to be completely uh, you know, uh, you know, like a documentary belief, but it, you have to have some way to believe in what you're seeing. I didn't believe it for a second. I think they were just trying to have fun with Boston and the, the people who you know go to Fenway Park. It seemed to me like it was it was all in good popcorn, you know, pulpy fun. And I never really wanted more um, from it than that. And it was enjoyable in that level. And I tell you, the audience that I saw it with, they ate it up too. They applauded wildly at the end, you know. Remember the end of Charlie Varick with Walter Matthau, and he's uh, trying to uh, get uh, Joe Don Baker, who's the assassin. You ever, ever seen that Mm-mm, film? No. Well, you know, it's one of those things. It's just a fun movie, you know, and it's just uh, it's got good performances. Basically, it's just you know you have a good time watching it because it's so well constructed. It is not highly believable, but you can definitely buy what happens, mm. it's, and it's a little bit of a humor uh, element thrown in, and, and a little bit, you know, some good character moments. That is um, on a much higher level. That film, yeah. 
than the town. It's the town is not it doesn't is is not um, you know I don't care how good looking he is. Women that work in banks don't uh, don't have affairs with guys like that. They just don't. Not in my experience. Maybe I've been living in the wrong world, but I just don't. I don't believe it. So. Well, it I know it doesn't matter. I know. No, no, it matters. It matters because a movie, a movie, you know, can only break the rules that it makes. So if it set up these certain rules, and if you feel that it stepped outside those rules, maybe it was the casting of, huh. um, of Rebecca Hall that bothered you. Like maybe if it wasn't such a kind of classy actress, uh, maybe you would have bought it more that that a bank teller would have. I'll tell you what I would have bought if she was a townie herself. Okay, mm. this I would buy if she was from Charlestown or had that that uh, that that kind of attitude, maybe that way of talking, and she was determined to um, you know make her way up the ladder and do better than just being a local Charlestown girl. Mm. But she feels something for this guy who is a Charlestown guy; he's unapologetically a uh, working class guy, and she recognizes and feels comfortable with that person because even though it goes against her idea of wanting to. You know, be a, a different person, kind of you know, uh, wear Donna Karen suits and 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 move up in the, in, in the world. That I would buy in a second. That's, yeah, that's okay. I know? think that you make a actually you make a good point about that. And the only part that it kind of rubbed me the wrong way was when Jeremy Renner came up and she was so nice and accepting of him. You know, that was weird to me. Like I didn't think she would be as nice to her, her boyfriend's townie friend as that. You know, I think she would have been yeah. a little bit scared. Um, yep. Oh, she would be at the very least circumspect. You can see, you can smell malice on him from our seats in the theater watching the film. Why would she not be able to smell it? Right, and she doesn't. Um, oh. I still think Jeremy Renner has a good chance of being supporting, being an, being nominated for supporting. Who knows? Oh. We'll have to see how it goes. And then we're still waiting on Josh. Robert Brown. Sergeant James. I got to say this: Sergeant James is a guy that he was a little bit crazy, but he knew what he was doing. We all admire efficient. You know, guys who are kind of you know masters of their realm, and he really knew what he was doing with bombs. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And 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 there's no feeling for this guy. He's just a he's you know he might kill you. He might, you know, he, he was really a hair trigger personality that that uh, really didn't have Ben Affleck's interests at, at heart. He wasn't a good friend. He wasn't particularly loyal. He's kind of a sociopath. Mm. So I don't understand why there would be a lot of feeling for him. It's just I don't good, know if you know. there's feeling for him, but he what he does is he he is so good, he's so charismatic that he just breaks through, and you he hits you hard, and you think, wow, that is that's something. And it could just be Jeremy Renner's charisma that you're seeing, but mm. whatever it is, it, it makes an impact. You know. Um, okay. Okay. That's my feeling, and also given the fact that it's one of the few entertaining, pulpy, big studio movies that, that they're going to be getting right. screeners for, I think it has a really good chance. Okay. Um, so we're still waiting on Josh Brolin and Matt Damon for True Grit. We don't know what's going to happen there, and we don't really know what's going to happen with Christian Bale in mm. The Fighter. So until we hear um, about those movies, we'll just have to go with what we know now. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay, so I All think... Right. So we've done it. Okay, Mr. Wells, another episode in the can. Yeah, so we only talked for about an hour and a half this time. We're really getting better at this. Much more disciplined and uh, I don't know how long we actually did talk. Wasn't it something like that? I don't know. We always kind of talk forever, so that's yeah. a good thing. We that's just, a good thing. It's been fun, and so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get back together with you all next week. Yes, we will. And have a nice uh, re- remainder of the Sunday. Uh, that is to say, the remainder that doesn't, isn't going to be occupied by editing this thing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, really. Well, maybe if we have some time left over in the evening, we'll go see Jackass. We don't know. Okay, that, that's an idea. <laughs> okay. I, that, I am going to do that. I just decided. So. 
Oh, great. Okay. All right. Be well. Bye. I don't mind other guys.